0: Wednesday, June 28th, welcome back to Damon Bruce Plus. Great to have you here. Thanks to anyone who's tuning in for the very first time. I'll tell you, we've added 400 subscribers in just the last 72 hours. I remember all of you OGs. I know who all of you are. I can name you. And uh, we got a lot more new names in the hopper joining the momentum that we got here. Momentum that has even led to me fixing the focus issue. Jillian's in London, and I think I fixed the focus. Not that you need me in focus. You kind of want me a little soft, fo- little Vaseline smear. Sybil Shepherd moonlighting reference two days in a row. You're welcome, America. I know you needed it. Uh, hello. Welcome to an international audience. I'm not even kidding. Only 89% of my audience is coming from the continental United States. Hello, Japan. Hello, Philippines. Hello, Australia. It's good. Does it, what, what language do they speak in Australia? Hopefully, they can translate what I'm saying into shrimp on the Barbie or whatever their native language is down there. Hello, Germany. Guten Tag. What an Otani Tuesday. We bask in here on a Wednesday in San Francisco, California. Hold on. Early sip of the day coming up. Ah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go today. We got a lot to get into. You know, Mike Trout never wanted much attention Well, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. What would Mike Trout have to do to be the lead story of whatever happens with the Los Angeles Angels when he is standing next to a baseball deity? And Mike Trout is no slouch. Like Mike Trout was about to go down as the best baseball player of his generation until Shohei Otani showed up. Folks, this is the greatest gift we've ever been given in our baseball lifetimes. I really mean that. I'm not trying to get over my skis on Otani. I have been approaching this for a couple of years now. I mean, I've had debates with Ray Ratto on the air about... You know, Otani, if his career ended today, he's in the Hall of Fame. There's never been anyone like him, and he continues to prove that on a near nightly basis where he goes and does something that hasn't happened in 100 years or 50 years or whatever milestone he's getting over in any particular month or week or moment or game. The guy is simply outstanding just an outstanding baseball player to the point where he's the most gifted baseball player to ever pick up a bat, a ball, and a glove, I think, ever born. I I don't know what the argument would be. Would it be, but Babe Ruth, is that your argument? Okay, we'll dissect that a little bit later on. I just want to take you through Otani's Tuesday night where he had two home runs and a three-for-three night at the plate. While he went six and a third with 10 strikeouts against just two walks. It's one of the single greatest games ever in baseball history. And I know there's some people who were like, well, Madison Bumgarner struck out 10 and hit two home runs in the same game. And we will address that in a moment, too. But those two things are not the same. Not even close. Don't get fooled. Shohei Otani now has two games this season with 10 strikeouts and three or more hits. He's the only player since 1900 to do that. So, not bad. Is that a big enough sample size for you? Did you get enough sampling there, I hope? You got your samples that you needed? Was that big enough for you? The guy is simply remarkable. He's the greatest baseball player. How about this? The only thing I'm sure of, and I'm sure maybe one of the only things that we can all agree on in such a divided world with you get your stack of information, I get my stack of information, people think that they can now invent their own stacks of information and use them as the truth. Again, it's not just the everyone's get their own opinion, not their own truth. Well, we live in a post that world where you can have your own truth, whether it's made up or not these days. It's nuts. The one thing we can all agree on is that we're living the same lifetime together. This is my lifetime, that's your lifetime, and we are in this lifetime together. If you're sharing this lifetime with me, you've never seen anything like Shohei Otani because it has not existed at any point in time in our lifetimes until right now. We are watching history unfold right now. You know, the whiff of greatness is officially in the air. If you can't smell it, it's time to go to a doctor and get your nose checked out. I I don't know what to tell you. There are people who are still denying what Otani is or becoming or want to argue that player X, Y, or Z was better because of longevity, blah, 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 statistical accumulation over decades of playing in base. But whatever, you're not talking about what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a skill set possessed by one human ever born on the planet, and he's got it, and we're watching it in real time. It's also the least covered story of the last 50 years, and that is an indictment on Major League Baseball. That is an indictment on who America chooses to root for, and it's also an indictment on the Los Angeles Angels organization. It's all those things. We'll break it all down for you here. Shohei Otani has 13 home runs in June, tying the Angels franchise record for the most in a single month. There are still three more games left for Shohei this month. In just the month of June, Shohei Otani has recorded 13 home runs and 37 strikeouts. He's hitting 304. He's hitting 407 when he's the starting pitcher. Take the ball, hit 407. So again... When he's not pitching, he hits home runs like he's Babe Ruth. And when he is pitching, he might hit home runs like he's Babe Ruth, but he's got a batting average that is better than Ted Williams in 1941. What more do you want? What the hell do you want? Oh, how about this? How about paying a guy just $5.5 million to do that? That's what Shohei is getting paid, $5.5 million. Not since Steph won an MVP getting paid $11 million a year by the Warriors. Has there been a better value in sports? When I'm thinking of what he's got coming to him next year, I mean, he's going to get at least a $45 million a season raise. The San Francisco Giants better put every single arrow they've got pointed at Shohei Ohtani. I'm going to try to speak in a new existence. Shohei Ohtani needs to be a San Francisco Giant. You put that guy in the Giants right now they're in first place. They are they're a World Series contender maybe with him. There's no great shakes in the National League. You put Shohei on the Giants, you got something. Giants, look, if I'm if I'm Ohtani's agent, the bidding begins at $55 million per per season. We're opening negotiations at $55 million, and if I were the Giants, I would be first in line with a $60 million a year, five-year contract. Five years, $300 million, and you'd be willing to go to six, to seven, to eight, to nine, to ten years, whatever it takes. This is the ultimate whatever-it-takes signing. I'm, they need it. I need it. I need Shohei Otani in my life. I need Shohei. I need John Miller calling Shohei Otani shots in Japanese. I need that. And I got to be completely honest with you here. You know, one of the reasons why I hate John Fisher so much, and I told you this, is he makes me think dark thoughts. Like when I think of how how could the A's possibly get out of the situation that John Fisher's in? Like I imagine John Fisher dying. Maybe that would help. Maybe the next person in line to inherit the team wouldn't be John Fisher. They'd be a Fisher, but maybe there's a good Fisher. I don't know. I don't I don't even care anymore, basically. It's gross. But he makes me think dark thoughts. And for that, I I hate him. I think my love for Shohei Otani is now greater than my hate for John Fisher. And that'll be represented when the next time the angels are in town, I'm I'm going. I am going back to the Coliseum. I will actually give that motherfucker, John Fisher, my money to watch this guy play. And I swear I'd never give John Fisher a penny. But I think I will because I want to go there and I want to go there as a fan. I don't want to sit in a stuffy press box. And I will. Uh, I'll wear an A's hat. I'll be rooting for the A's, but I will be there to watch Shohei Otani. I think he's going to get me to the. I, I think he's going to get me to the Coliseum. I think that's that's the power of Shohei Otani. My love for Otani is greater than my hate for John Fisher. And I didn't think there was going to be a baseball emotion that would trump a hate for John Fisher. But my love for Otani is officially doing that. By the way, your love for Otani is represented in the clicks. I put out a video today of the Giants uh, and 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 my opinion of this road trip that they were on. I think it's gotten like 50 views in the hour or so it's been up, or maybe even 15 views, whatever. I put up an Otani video. It's like 4,000 views, which in you know the grand scheme of YouTube is nothing. Mr. Beast isn't worried of me yet; hasn't even heard of me, but he will, and he might. It might be the Otani train that puts me on the radar. And I'm riding it because to me, it's the least covered, most important story of our sports lifetime. I mean that. I really mean that. I want to kind of deprogram the I'm anti saying Shohei Otani is the greatest player of all time arguments right now. And that argument always begins and usually ends with Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth is a mythic figure who... Absolutely deserves his status in Major League Baseball. And I'm not trying to cut Babe Ruth's legs out from underneath him to make Shohei Otani taller. But I am telling you that it is just two completely different conversations. It's two different sports basically being played. Comparing these two guys against each other is fool's gold. It's insane. Babe Ruth never saw the diversity of pitches that Shohei Otani sees throughout nine innings of baseball. I don't think there were many wipeout sliders that Babe Ruth was was facing. Like, that was a fastball, knuckleball, changeup, curveball league. There were four pitches, basically. He spitball. But it wasn't this stuff. There was no ghost forks you know there weren't there weren't shit you've never even heard of coming out of pitchers hands all the time throughout 9 innings what babe ruth also never saw beyond the diversity of pitchers was a, a a a diversity of pitches and a diversity of pitchers it was common for dudes to throw at least 150 pitches in an outing when babe ruth played 150 200 but they didn't even count pitches It wasn't even on anybody's mind to count these things. You'd have a guy pitch two, three games in a row, and his pitch count after two, three games in a row would be 500, 600 pitches. So the sport was totally different. And I don't want to demean the competition that Babe Ruth was playing against, but let's face it. Those were professional athletes in their times, which meant they were grossly, grossly, gross, I can't even say, grocery clerks grocery 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 they were grocery grocery why can i say that i need another sip of coffee grocery clerks good god they were butchers they were taxi cab drivers they they they, they raised horses they went back to their wheat fields and farmed in their off seasons they weren't working out in facilities in florida year round (laughs) they didn't hit the cage in scottsdale months before the season began they rang up Mrs. Mulcahy's uh, uh, cuts of lamb or whatever she ordered at the butcher store that day. Grocery clerks. There we go. I said it. Like there was a glitch in the matrix there for a second. Speaking of the lack of diversity of pitchers and pitches that Babe Ruth dealt with, He dealt with a total lack of diversity, as in racial diversity. Ice Cube said it best. Babe Ruth was good against them white boys, but he never hit a brother like Doc Gooden. And that's the truth. You know, I don't even want to enter the debate of uh, does do black players and Latino players make baseball better? The answer is yes. Um, the game is completely different from the way it was managed. You think Babe Ruth ever saw an opener? You think Babe Ruth ever even saw a closer? Not once, not once he'd see, you know, three Otani's out there seeing three different pitchers every four or five at bats of his career. Babe Ruth would get nine innings against a dude named Drizzly or something who was throwing, you know, just mutton chops up there. On The second lamb reference on the show today. Maybe it's time I get some lamb chops. Well, mint jelly. Ooh, I have to go to Guerra's a little bit later. From The Athletic, with Tuesday's performance, Otani becomes the first player in baseball history to hit 10-plus home runs and strike out 35 hitters in a month. Now, Babe Ruth is the only other player that had a 10-home run month and a 35-strikeout month at any other point in his career. Didn't happen even in the same season, but he did that in his career. From Optus Stats. Let me put it another way, because, I mean, to go back to Babe Ruth, it's such a different time ago, and 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 but there's still a human factor there, and I, I don't want to diminish Babe Ruth anymore I'd, than I'd try to diminish the first car that ever won the first Indianapolis 500. I looked this up today. So the first ever Indianapolis 500 was run in 1911, and the car that won that day was without question... A modern marvel for its time. A true piece of machinery that was greater than any other piece of machinery ever built to run a 500 mile race. And the first winner of the first Indianapolis 500 in 1911 clocked 500 miles in six hours and 42 minutes. That's a remarkable 500 miles. In 1911, in six hours and 42 minutes. It's remarkable. That's the Babe Ruth of cars. How do you think that car would do today? When Elio Castroneves won in 2021, he won his 500-mile race in two hours and 37 minutes. So what is state-of-the-art in the early 1900s And what would perform today are two totally different things. Now, I know that this is a comparison of machine versus man, but it's dramatic enough that I wanted to bring it up. There's no such thing as athletes are getting worse in modern athletics compared to the athletes of yesteryear. It's always bigger, faster, stronger, better developed, more researched, more prep, more concentration, more specialization. It's, Never getting easier. It only gets harder. I wish we had a time machine to really settle this debate. I would love to put Babe Ruth in the middle of a modern lineup. And you know what? I'll give the Babe 35, 40 home runs. He's special. He was special enough for me to think that he would eventually get the hang of it and he'd be able to handle elements of the modern major leagues. Like, that's how good Babe Ruth was. What I'd really like to do is put Shohei Ohtani in a time machine and send him back to Babe Ruth's time. Would he throw a no-hitter with every outing? Like, do you think there's a chance that Shohei Ohtani in the 20s and in the 30s would have hit 450, 500 off of the league with 100 home runs? I, I think he would have. I think he would have. So, you know, any argument trying to tell you that Shohei Ohtani not the re- most remarkable thing of all time that brings up Babe Ruth is just, I mean, you're literally, you're dealing with two different languages, two different alphabets. There's nothing in baseball today that really compares with baseball back then. Nothing. The other argument that I've seen, and I've seen it from Giants fans who have said, you know, Madison Bumgarner hit two home runs in the same game and he struck out 10. It's actually happened six times in Major League history. Look, there is a big difference between I'm today's starting pitcher who ran into a couple of balls in my at-bats and hit a couple out and what Shohei Otani's doing. They are not the same. They simply aren't. And I'll just, if your point is, will Madison Bumgarner hit two home runs and struck out 10 in the same game, my follow-up question would be this. Did Bruce Bochi have Madison Bumgarner hitting third in the lineup that day? Was Madison Bumgarner at any point in time, specifically the month of June, leading Major League Baseball in home runs and RBIs? Was Mad Bum ever doing that in June? The only time Madison Bumgarner ever led Major League Baseball in home runs was, I believe, that one opening day where he hit a home run in Arizona on opening day and, uh, and, and, and no one else hit two home runs. So for one day, Madison Bumgarner had the Major League lead with his one home run on the first day of the season. Like, that's it. It's June. Shohei Ohtani's leading baseball in home runs and RBI. Was Madison Bumgarner ever on pace to hit 56 home runs in a season? Because that's the pace that Otani is on. Look, if he were a Yankee, you'd have a much better understanding. If you're late to the Shohei Otani party, I, I forgive you. That's okay. But it's time you get on board because we're watching a truly, truly moment in time remarkable athlete ply his trade at the height of his power. And if that doesn't interest you, what are you a sports fan for? Why do you even like baseball? You know, if Otani were a Yankee, you would have a better understanding because he would be so force fed to you. He would be the center of attention. He wouldn't be uh, nearly off the radar of attention because that's where the Anaheim Angels live, even with an attraction like this to offer. They live far off the radar of attention. You'd resent his greatness almost at this point if he were wearing pinstripes. Oh my God! It'd be all it would be all that Sports Center led every Sports Center with. It would be all that was talked about. It would be the lead on every debate show. It just Otani, 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 Otani. It, you'd be you'd be tired of him by now. We're watching the single greatest baseball player ever, along with, and I really believe this, and this is why I'm doing Otani Tuesdays, and we're talking about him this Wednesday for 22 minutes now into the show because. This is the single most underreported story of our sports lifetimes. This isn't nearly getting the attention that it deserves. It's crazy. And if we can be completely honest here, and this is where it's going to get a little ugly, but I'm, I'm I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm here to be honest with you. No bullshitting here on the plus. If Shohei Otani, if his name were Stevie Ohio, and he was blue-eyed and a strapping, blonde-haired young man, things would be different. Things would be different. He would be covered in a different way. We know that. We know how jingoistic American sports fans can become. I think it's going to be interesting to see how quickly – you know, Victor Webanyama gets embraced as a new face of the NBA. Look at the reluctance people have had on Nikola Jokic. Why? Because he's not American-born. Shohei Otani's not American-born. If he were, he'd be more famous than Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg, and uh, Mike Trout combined. By the way. Yeah. that fish trout stevie ohio could be a great name too right i mean if if we had johnny utah fbi we could have a stevie ohio (laughs) what's your name stevie ohio oh mr ohio now batting number 30 stevie ohio <laughs> People would go nuts and be like, oh dude, I got a Stevie jersey. I'm not even a fan of the team, but I'm wearing a Stevie Ohio jersey. I think I need a Shohei Otani jersey. I'm just, I'm not a man who wears a lot of jerseys. I got an Andre Dawson jersey. I got a Patrick Willis jersey. I got uh I got I got a couple of Mark Grace jerseys. So I got a couple baseball jerseys with the number 17 on. And I think I need one for Otani. I really do. By the way, the uh characters on today's thumbnail, that's legend in Japanese. I think I need a translator. Like, not, not to translate my videos, but like a translator sitting next to me for uh, an upcoming Otani Tuesday. I think that that needs to happen. Talk directly to my Japanese audience, who are getting, like, Japan's got 5% of my audience share right now. We might have to do a uh, out of town scoreboard to see which country can add the most subscribers by the time football season gets here. Turn it into a turn it into a competition like that uh, Jello shots thing that they do at the College World Series, which apparently LSU won that too. Doesn't it feel like anytime LSU wins anything, the one thing you can be sure of is they they cheated to do it? <laughs> Sorry, I just feel that way. I'm I'm looking at you side-eyed, LSU. Always have, always will. But I respect it. Shohei Otani interests me more than the San Francisco Giants do. And I'll tell you, the San Francisco Giants are pretty damn interesting all of a sudden, aren't they? Tonight they are at the Blue Jays once again. I should say this afternoon. The game starts, I believe, 4:07 once again. Uh, I know that that stinks for some of you who are trapped in a cubicle or in your office and you can't get to it. it works perfectly for me. I love when the giants start around four o'clock in the afternoon and wrap up by the time I got the kids getting into bed. I love that. I I, I like an East coast start time for the giants. Uh, Logan web day for San Francisco. The giants have won, I believe a team record 10 straight on the road. I looked this up today. The last time the giants lost on the road was a month ago. May 28th at Milwaukee. It's June 28th. That's a month. So Giants are cooking. Let's see them keep it up. By the way, you know what I'd also like to see again today? I'd love to see those powder blue Toronto Blue Jays uniforms. How gorgeous are those? I love those powder blues by the Toronto Blue Jays. Those are fantastic uniforms. They should wear those every other game. They really should. By the way, merch will be coming soon. We've we've been ordering some stuff, seeing who produces the best quality, because when we put it out to you, when we give it to you, the people, we want it to be outstanding. We really do. So Jillian... Is ordered a few things from a couple of different distributors, and we're going to get it all done and we're going to have it available for you by the holidays. Uh, Yankees at the A's at the Coliseum. JP Sears tries to keep the fun train rolling. That is the Oakland A's. Oh my God. Uh, they did beat the Yankees two to one last night. The Warriors got some news on Tuesday evening that Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, is gone. Dante DiVincenzo uh, declined his player option. This was expected. No surprises here in any way, shape, or form. Um, I liked him. I wanted to like him a lot more. I really did. Dante DiVincenzo was okay. For the Warriors, he never, never, never blossomed into what I really hoped that he would be for the team. He was, at his best, a pest. He would pester the opponent. I can't remember a single game that he like really dominated or or had an awesome, awesome night. I mean, he'd flashed some... He'd have moments... He didn't string enough of those moments together. Dante DiVincenzo will be missed, but that's not some part of, you know, piece of a winning equation that can't be replaced. It's going to be tough to replace and build around this team, though, because of the constraints on the Warriors' issues and salary cap and aprons and all that stuff. So, you know, what free agent, which guy is going to be willing to take less to come and play with this team is going to go a long way into explaining what this roster ends up looking like. And I want to wrap up today before we get into Club Plus with just an admission of bias. And my admission of bias on Trace Jackson Davis is, is out there for everyone to see. The Indiana banner behind me, you know, clearly tells you where I'm from and what I care about. But it also should inform you that I spent more time watching that guy, and I've never gassed you up on a single Indiana player like the way I'm gassing you up on Trace Jackson Davis, and I'm not doing that to embarrass myself or sell something that's not there. I'm, I am I really think the guy's going to work out with the Warriors. I really do. I think it's going to be a great fit. And what I like so much about him, again, is that level of experience that he brings to the table that no other Steve Kerr rookie has even come close to bringing to his first NBA practice. Trace Jackson Davis walks in with a graduate degree in basketball. Let's see if he can apply that to the NBA. And this is where I'm going to accuse myself of some bias because you know who I don't like? I don't like Chris Paul. I never really have. I've always, you know... his, as a basketball player, he's great. But his on-court demeanor, the way he presents, I just, uh, It's Chris Paul. I don't have to explain to anybody why I don't like Chris Paul. There's enough people who don't like Chris Paul to where I think you probably get it. But if I'm going to take the concept of experience and apply it to why I like one player, I guess I, to, in order to be fair, I should apply it to both. Chris Paul has a level of NBA experience that creates... He's old jokes, but you can't sniff it, or you, 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 you can't turn your nose up at it anyways. like it, it is amazing the amount of experience that they add with Chris Paul, and if he stays healthy, it could work out. Um, maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into this in my mind. I was thinking about how lucky Trace Jackson Davis, he starts his NBA career in the two point guards who are going to be feeding him, or Steph Curry and Chris Paul, it's like two of the all-timers right there. That should make a team go. You don't just have one of the greatest guards of all time. You have two of the greatest guards of all time, forgetting their age, just knowing what they can do, their experience, the reps that they've gotten in this league. Hopefully that matters. Steph Curry said to Anthony Slater recently, you know, every team that Chris Paul has been on gets better. That's the most consistent thing about him and who he is and what he brings to the team. Everybody's going to talk about the age. It's on us to put all that together and figure out how all the pieces work. That's Steph Curry talking to Anthony Slater and the athletic. Clay Thompson said, you know, anytime you get to play with a player who's among the best of your generation, it's an honor. It's a little weird because we've had so many battles in the past with Chris. He's led so many teams that nearly knocked us off or did knock us off all the way back in 2014. little shade there from Clay. Love Clay. I just think it's going to add such a calming presence and a leadership component that we need. It's amazing that a team with Steph Clay and assuming he resigns Draymond and boy, does Draymond have an awful lot of power in his hand come Friday afternoon when free agency begins. um, It's amazing that a team with four rings for its three stalwart components. It's 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 big three would need as much leadership as they claim to need. But you can't hear so many players talk about a lack of leadership and assume that they're just making it up. So maybe Chris Paul really is a steady Eddy, slowing it down, calming presence that'll give the Warriors second unit a little bit of a change up as compared to the way the first unit plays. And if it were up to me to snap my fingers and start next basketball season right now, I would do it. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fascinating to see how that puzzle all fits together. Thank you for fitting Damon Bruce Plus into your schedule. We love doing live shows with you, talking directly to you. Monday through Friday, we get going at 11 a.m. West Coast time. If you're new, welcome. If you're an OG, good to have you. If you're listening on the podcast, it's wonderful to have you too. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.